Hi everybody and welcome to episode 2 of episodes. Today's episode is from Sylvia's perspective and it's called I'm Not a Bad Person. And just a warning, I do an accent for one of the characters and it's probably not very good, but you will get the point. It's just a note and here we go. Episode 2, Sylvie. I'm not a bad person. You feeling queasy, Miss Jones? Yes, I say, definitely. Here, eat these. The nurse practitioner hands me some peanut butter crackers. Oh, thank you, I say, and she nods. Number of partners this year, she asks. Did you want me to include last year too, I ask, since it's still so early in the new year. Ah, forgive me, yes. Three, I say. Actually, it's five, but whatever. And condoms were used with every sexual act? Um, yes, I say. The two I'm not counting were just one time each, and I, and I had used condoms with both of them. Plus, the sex with that Roy was so bad, he didn't deserve to be counted anyway. And oral sex too? You mean, did I use condoms for oral sex? I ask. Yes, that is what I mean, Miss Jones. I bite into a peanut butter cracker and chew. For giving or receiving? I ask. For both. Oh, I say. Then, no. Who uses condoms for oral sex anyway? Condoms used during every act of vaginal sex? She asks. Um, that's kind of why I'm here. I say. Ah, right. Forgive me. And anal sex? No, I say. The nurse practitioner's gaze flicks up from the clipboarded HIV questionnaire she's administering, resting on my breast implants for a moment, and then on my face. Her complexion is smooth mahogany. Her silver locks, tied back, fall to her waist, the roots soft-looking. Her eyes, dark and shrewd, pierce mine. Never? Her West Indian accent lilts with the question. I mean, do I just have that special anal sex look to me, I want to say? And okay, I have done it before one time. A few times. But it was years ago with this guy who played for the Charlotte Hornets. I hadn't wanted to, but he'd insisted. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. People act like it can't feel good, but it can. Never, I say to her. The nurse practitioner drops her gaze finishes up the questions, pulls on plastic gloves, and leans in to prick my finger. Her thin gold necklace dangles forward, and the cross at the bottom of it swings back and forth for a moment. If you test positive, she says, the chances of you passing on the virus to the fetus are very slim if you begin your meds immediately. I lick my lips, nervous as hell now. I hadn't planned on getting tested today. I just wanted to get my pregnancy confirmed. But when I wrote on my sign-in sheet that I hadn't been tested in over a year, the nurse practitioner insisted that I do it. Well, what do you think the chances are that I could be, you know, I say, positive? Yes, bitch. Right, what you just said, I say out loud. The nurse practitioner smacks off her gloves, tosses them in the trash can. Well, you said you had your last test two years ago and that since then you've used protection most of the time. Which is true, I say quickly. She holds up a hand. Calm down, Miss Jones, 
she says. The odds are in your favor, but unless you know for sure that the partners with whom you had unprotected sex are negative, no one can say for sure. But we will know your status in a few minutes. She's walking out when I say, the person I've been with the most, the one who's the baby's father, he was tested in June of last year and he's only been with me since then. What I don't add is that Trey has probably also been with his wife. Okay, I'm sure he's been with her, but she doesn't count. The nurse practitioner looks at me, one hand on the doorknob, one eyebrow raised. Did you go with him when he was tested? She asks. No, I say, but I saw the paper that said he was negative. He showed it to me right after he took the test, the very same day. She almost smiles in an almost maternal way, closes the door, turns to me. Miss Jones, her tone is gentle. Unless you are present when a person is tested, you have no way of knowing his true status. But he showed me his results, I remind her. People print forms off the internet all the time, she says, waving her hand to emphasize her point. You gotta protect you. So <laughs> I'm supposed to go with whoever I'm going to sleep with and watch him get tested, I ask. The nurse practitioner tries, but she can't mask her annoyance. West Indians are so judgmental. Yes, Miss Jones, she says. You both get tested together with every partner. Um, okay, I say. Miss Jones. The nurse practitioner clasps her clipboard to her chest. You're going to have to look out for two of you now. Nobody else going to do it. Bitch, you don't know me, I think. Trey will look out for us. You can get dressed now and we'll discuss prenatal care then, okay? Okay. She opens the door and closes it. I grip the edges of the examining table and glance down at my stomach, opaque brown, through the white paper robe that was awaiting me, complete with an ingenious paper sash that allows me to stylishly tie the front and thus not feel violated while I'm being examined, and then down to my legs. They're a little stubbly right now, but they're still my favorite body part. Thighs that haven't lost their tone. Lightly muscled calves, well-defined ankles. High-arching feet that still turn out all these years later. Toes that have recovered from my years spent on point, free again of corns and calluses. I had chosen a festive raspberry color for them for New Year's Eve. It's pretty against my butterscotch complexion. Right now, even with the nail color, my toes look sad, though. It's because of this environment, I know. But they still look good in heels, and that's all that matters. But in a few months, I won't be able to see my legs or my feet. I have a life growing inside of me. A baby. Trey's baby. And this one is going to make it. I touch my stomach. I believe in you, I say to the baby in there, so don't go anywhere. Trey will believe in it, or rather, him or her, too. I smile at the thought of his reaction, how excited he'll be when I tell him tonight, and it gives me warmth in the sterile cold of this room, under these ugly fluorescent lights that make truths about your sex life sound like dirty confessions. People would go to the doctor more and tell the truth there more, too, if they didn't feel like they were being judged. And that's the one thing Trey has never done, is judge me. Even with my implants and my blonde weave, he's only believed in me, so much so that I finally told him about this life coaching certification class I'm saving up to purchase. 
And it's not some cheesy weekend class either. It is online, yes, but we have to do these bi-weekly class calls with the program coordinator. And we have to go one weekend every month to these retreats in Asheville, North Carolina. And it's like eight months long with all these modules. So it's a real and legit program and super expensive. Print a form off the internet? Trey would never try to trick me like that. That's not how he is. And technically, yes, he's married, but only technically. He's not in love with Mara. I mean, he loves her because she's been good to him, blah, blah, blah. But he's not in love with her. I groan as a light wave of nausea rolls over me. But I've heard that feeling sick is a good sign for the baby. I barely got through yesterday's brunch with the girls. I had to keep getting up and going to the bathroom, but I had to go. Camille would have been all up my ass, even more than usual if I hadn't shown up. I went home and slept for the rest of the day. Trey had said he'd come by the restaurant to give me something, but he'd been pulled away for work at the last second. I know I was tired. I hadn't even minded. I had just wanted to rest. I stuff another cracker into my mouth and push off the table to pull on a matching black thong and bra, black leather pants, and a black cropped sequined cashmere sweater. I'm sitting, zipping my stiletto boots when I hear two sharp raps on the door. A moment later, it swings open. The nurse practitioner's expression is unreadable as she leans against the sink, clipboard to her chest with both arms, facing me. You have the body of a dancer, she observes. I used to dance, I say, as I finish fastening my shoes. What kind, she asks. Ballet. I say, and exotic, but that's none of her business. Plus, I don't do that anymore. I'm head hostess at Ginger now, I say. Ah, very fancy restaurant. Yep, I say. It was where I'd met Trey, too. So it's only fitting that it would be where I will tell him my great news tonight. Our great news. Well, your test is negative, Miss Jones, the nurse practitioner says, just like that. And I fall back. They exhale, whooshing hard through my body, down through my toes as I send up a quick and fervent, thank you, Jesus. Not that I've been to church in decades and not that I really thought I was positive, but still, I may be tired and nauseous, but I have a new lease on life like a motherfucker right this second. So, the nurse practitioner pulls up a stool with rollers, flipping through papers on her clipboard. You have a partner for your pregnancy or are you gonna be by yourself? I put a hand over my stomach. I have a partner. I say, proud of the fact. He just, he, he couldn't be here today. He had to work. Ah, so you know for sure who the dad is. Of course I know for sure who the dad is, I say. I'm 99% sure. There was, there was that guy I met at the club, but that was like three months ago and I had a period after we met, so it can't be him. Okay, says the nurse practitioner. Then let's talk prenatal care. But you already examined me, I say. My phone beeps in my purse and I pull it out. Jamie, can you meet me at the Starbucks near your restaurant in two hours? Have to talk, she's texted. The nurse practitioner's eyes flick up at me for a second, then back to her papers. Yes, she says, but we need to discuss your risks given. But, but I'm negative, I say. My test came back negative. The nurse practitioner's hands still and she looks at me fully. I notice for the first time that her name tag identifies her as Bettina Blackwell. You gonna let me talk, Miss Jones? Her accent lilts her tone downward when she says my name. I'm sorry, I just thought 
we're going to talk about your risks given your medical history. My, my medical history, I say as I reply to Jamie. Okay, are you okay? I look up to see Bettina nod as if a smarter person would have expected this conversation. Yes, Miss Jones, your medical history with babies? Oh, I say, right. So you've had two abortions and two miscarriages, is that correct? I stare at the clock behind her head. It ticks in the silence. No, Jamie replies, not okay. Yes, I say. I don't tell Bettina I've had three abortions because it's not her business. And you've never carried a child full term? Bettina asks. Silence. Miss Jones? No, I say. Okay. Bettina pauses. Is there anything else I should know about? I cross my legs and clasp my hands together in one big fist in my lap. No, I say, there isn't. Ah, okay. Are you sure, Miss Jones? Tick, 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 tick. Goes the clock on and on, round and round. Yes, I say, I'm sure. Miss Jones. I feel a soft hand cover mine. I just want to make sure I keep you and this baby you got here safe. Bettina says in a low voice, there ain't no judgment from me, you understand? The hands of the clock blur. I'm, I'm not a bad person. Hot tears scald my cheeks. I want to dash them away, but Bettina squeezes my hands now. I don't think you are. She doesn't say anything else, just squeezes my hands. Tick, 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 goes the clock round and round. I had a baby, but she died, I blurt. Ah, okay, Bettina says, and I pray she doesn't let go of my hands. She, she died when, when the sobs rack my body. It's okay, Miss Jones, let it out. She died when she was born, I go on. Right, right when she was born. Ah, oh, so sorry, Miss Jones. My hands are massaged apart. She holds one of them, stuffs tissue into the other. So sorry. I was 16. I, I never, I never got to see her. No. I shake my head, my chest heaving too hard to speak for a moment. They put me to sleep. I have to whisper now. I'd planned to give her up for adoption, but I changed my mind right before I went into labor because I wanted to keep her, and when I woke up, she was, she wasn't. I squeeze Bettina's hand, squeeze the tissue too, now damp in my sweaty palm. So sorry, Miss Jones, so, so sorry. I look at Bettina. I never got to see her. I never. I have to press my lips shut. She nods and takes both my hands in hers and stares into my eyes. But you gonna see this one, okay, Miss Jones? Bettina's accent comes out full now, lush and musical. I lost the other two because of the abortions. 
I whisper. It was payback for what I did. Oh, no, 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 no. We ain't gonna think like that now, okay? You working with Miss Bettina and... She grips my hands in rhythm as she says, this baby gonna make it. She softens her grip. Ain't no other outcome this time. You understand? I'm gripped by another spasm of tears because there are other outcomes. I know there are, but I nod. You gonna be okay this time, Miss Jones. Bettina's voice is a low, velvety song. God don't make no accidents. Yes, he does. I know he does, but I just nod again. Bettina gives my hands a firm pat and swivels away to the laptop on the computer. Let's dry them tears off that pretty face and talk about what we gonna do to keep you and your baby safe. I arrive at Starbucks an hour and some change later, but I spot Jamie's gray Prius already in the parking lot and a space right beside it. I ease my candy red Mini Cooper in and am about to wave at her when I see she's hunched over the steering wheel. I shrug into my jacket and climb out, careful that my door doesn't hit hers and knock on the passenger window. She jumps and looks up and her face is a mess of tears. What the fuck? I gasp, pulling on the door. She reaches over to unlock it and I climb in. Jamie, what's wrong, sweetie? She stares at me, then lunges into my arms, burying her face in my neck. What the fuck, Jamie? What's wrong? Are you okay? I ask. I can't do this. She sobs. I can't. I can't do it anymore, Sylvie. I, I can't. Can't do what? What the fuck is going on? I demand, pulling back from her frightened. Did something happen? Is, is Tim dead somewhere? What the fuck, Jamie? Shit. Don't you say that about him. How could you say that to me right now? I, I'm sorry, but you're scaring the shit out of me. I don't know what the fuck is happening. You don't freak out. You are not the freak out type. But my words only send her into deeper gasping sobs, which scares me even more. Jamie! Jamie! I scream over her cries, grabbing her shoulders. Fucking stop crying right fucking now and tell me what the fuck is happening before I slap the shit out of you. I'm cheating on him. She bursts out. I'm cheating on him, Sylvie. And with that, she slumps back into her seat and drops her head into her hands, her shoulders shaking silently. I draw in a ragged breath. It's just been too many tears today and too much drama, even for my dramatic ass. You're, you're cheating on who, honey? I ask. Jamie pauses to look at me. A Tim, she says through thick tears. Who, who else would I be cheating on? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something in your neighborhood. I, I don't know, I say. Jamie stares at me momentarily jolted out of her despair. Something happening in my neighborhood, she repeats. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know, Jamie, I say. I'm just here trying to figure out what the fuck is happening right now. She draws in a shuddering breath. What is happening right now, she says in a quivering voice, is that I apparently am a cheater. She opens her mouth to say more, then closes it and looks out her window. 
Don't you have class right now at your school? I asked. I couldn't stay there. I just, I couldn't do it today. She blows her nose. So wait, I say, sitting back in my seat, just now fully able to take in her words. You're cheating on Tim? Like, you're cheating, cheating? Jamie nods, her deep walnut complexion clear, despite her distress. You mean, like, cheating with another man type cheating, Jamie? I clarify. What other kind of cheating is there, Sylvie? I raise an eyebrow. Do you really want me to answer that? I ask. Okay, maybe not, Jamie says. Silence for a minute. Damn, I murmur. I look at Jamie and she looks at me. And then I slow snort burst into laughter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamie. Jamie, sweetie, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to. You are terrible, Sylvie, she says tonelessly. I'm sorry, but shit, Jamie. I mean, who the fuck knew you had it in you? Jamie puts her elbow on her window base and rests her cheek into her hand. It's not something to laugh about, she says. Uh, yes, the fuck it is, bitch, I reply. At least for the next few minutes it is. Because if I don't laugh, I don't know what I'll do. I mean, think about it, really. Think about it, Jamie. You've never done anything bad in your whole life. You recycle everything. You're on your neighborhood improvement board. You listen to fucking NPR all the time. I don't listen to NPR all the time, she says. Okay, okay, you listen to NPR and fucking books on tape, Jamie. Jamie opens her mouth to dispute me, but can't. I mean, this is kind of hilarious, I go on. It's terrible, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I shake my head slowly. I'm in shock right now. Me too, says Jamie. I just didn't think you had it in you, I say. Camille, maybe, if Phil pisses her off bad enough, but do not tell her about this, Jamie interjects. I won't, I say, I won't tell anybody. Sylvie, I'm serious, Jamie says. I swear to God, if you breathe a fucking word of this to your cousin, I will kill you. You know how she is, and I just, I cannot handle having her all in my ear, making me feel worse than I already do. I really cannot handle that right now. Um, when have I ever told Camille something I wasn't supposed to? Jamie cuts me off with a look. Okay, okay, that was a long time ago. It was not that long ago. And it's not just the one time where you've gone straight to her and blabbed everything after I've asked you not to. Look, I say, I already said I wouldn't say anything and you know I know how she is, so, oh, honey. Don't start crying again. But I can't help it. Jamie shakes her head and looks down. I let out a deep breath. Okay, so how bad is it? I ask. What do you mean? Like, how deep in are you, Jamie? She sighs. Too deep. Damn, it's all I can say again. Because Jamie cheated? Jamie? If Jamie cheated, anybody could cheat. And I mean anybody. Okay, I say, so let's talk logistics. How many times, where did it happen, all of it. Just get it all out, sweetie. Jamie sighs. I don't know, 
like four times a day maybe sometimes five five times a day well sometimes jamie says shit jamie i exclaim where do y'all find the time for all of that i mean it's, it's not always that frequent says jamie it depends on when I can reply to him. Like on Thursdays, I can't really talk until six period, which is at the end of the day. So then we may text only once. Wait, what? I say, well, I'll text him during lunch, but then it's not like I can wait. Wait a minute. I interrupt. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait one motherfucking minute. I sit all the way up to stare Jamie in her face. You're talking about texting with somebody? Well, yeah, says Jamie. What, what did you think I was talking about? So y'all haven't fucked, I clarify. And Jamie shrinks back in horror. No, she exclaims. No, of course not. Well, well, has he eaten you out? Because I know you haven't sucked his dick. I pause. Or have you, Jamie? Sylvie, no, no, it's nothing like that. Jamie, has a man even sucked your titties? Can you stop being so vulgar, she says. And no, I, I haven't met him in years. We knew each other in high school. Well, I knew who he was in high school, but we've just been texting. But that is still bad. And it's so bad, and I know, I know it is. Jamie hangs her head. It's so bad, Sylvie. Like, I'm, I'm such a bad person for this. I'm still staring at her. Jamie, Addison, Letterhouse. <laughs> what? Jamie, fucking Addison, fucking Letterhouse. Can you stop cursing so much? It's making me feel worse than I already do. The next time your black fucking ass scares me like this, sitting up here crying like you've lost your mind and calling yourself a cheater, you must have fucked the shit out of somebody, I say, several times, at least. Now, Jamie bursts into nervous laughter. I'm not playing with you, I say. I relax back into my seat. Don't give me no heart attack over some stupid ass text messages, bitch. Jamie doubles over in hysterical laughter now, and I have to chuckle. At least she's not crying anymore. Your hair looks so good, by the way, I say. I reach out to touch it. Jamie's hair, normally braided or pinned or bunned up, is a veritable forest of soft, curly naturalness today. If my hair did that, I'd be natural in a heartbeat. I just didn't have the energy to do anything with it today, says Jamie. What am I gonna do, Sylvie? I don't know what to do. I mean, of course I know what I should do, but her voice trails off and I shake my head. Only Jamie could get this upset over some fucking text messages. I'll tell you what you're going to do, I say. You're going to calm the fuck down. You're going to wipe your face. You're going to buy me the biggest blueberry jumbo muffin thing they have in Starbucks. And you're going to tell me everything, okay? Jamie looks at me wide-eyed and nods obediently. And you're going to show me what this guy looks like. I play grab a large lock of her hair. And after all this drama, this nigga better not be ugly, girl. Thanks so much for listening to episode two of episodes. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on iTunes for me and please share this episode with a friend. That's how people get to know me. And please do tune in 
next week for episode three, which will be Camille's episode. Take it away, Arden. If you want more info from my mommy, please visit LeslieClickless.com. Deuces!